It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Here I was, all prepared to go over my big board, talk about the NBA draft to get a set for the NBA draft lottery. But oh boy, the internet's got some rumors and the internet's got some thoughts. So let's talk off-season big contract players and playoff failures. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 15th, 2023. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we had a couple people on my Orlando Magic Daily staff write about it. We've had a few internet people begin to think about it. I've seen fans discussing it. So it's time to talk about trades and off-season planning and why the Magic aren't quite ready to go all in. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. First, I want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, right when we premiere, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's podcast is also brought to you by our friends at PrizePix. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's PrizePix.com promo code Locked On. I know this is something that I've said. Um, I've told my staff this at Orlando Magic Daily. I, I will tell you this today, right now. Um, the Orlando Magic should definitely be looking at teams that are struggling in the playoffs that don't advance as far as they would like. Um, The Magic are a team that has some nice young players, but ultimately to to get maybe the the next star or or make that that, that big piece, it's going to take a trade. And, you know, in all our off-season discussions uh, at this juncture, I've avoided the topic of trades um, because, A, they're just really hard to predict. Um, and, And I'm usually just not in the speculation business. Um, you know, I would say that, yeah, I've talked with people about, you know, do the Magic do the magic get in the C.J. McCollum market if, if the New Orleans Pelicans makes him, make them available? Do the Magic get involved in Bradley Beal if he becomes available? Are they a team that would try to target Damian Lillard and convince him that he would be this place, that, that this would be the place for him to win his championship? I, I, I think, you know... As I always say when it comes to trade rumors and it comes to these kinds of discussions, it's less about constructing the trade and breaking down what a fake trade would look like, although if there is reporting, if it does seem like it's getting more serious, 
then maybe you do start breaking down, okay, what would it actually cost? How, how does this deal actually look? And, and we're just not at that stage. So at this point, what I think is important to note is that the Magic are a capable of doing these things, capable of getting involved in these conversations, uh, and asking whether this is the right time to do. Right now, it should be more theoretical. Of course, it's theoretical until it isn't. And a pair of rumors, and we're going to break them down in a little bit more detail in our next segment, uh, from two teams that disappointed in their postseasons, that do seem like they are set for change, has kind of wrapped its hands around the magic at this point. Whether it's just national media trying to guess what the magic are up to, and, and everyone's always guessing what the magic are up to if they care about what the Magic are doing at, at, at all. Um, but a lot of a lot of these discussions that I'm seeing are very clearly favored on the, the, the teams that have been eliminated. And let's just not dance around it. Um, I had writers on Orlando Magic Daily write about this. I've seen a lot of fans talking about this. We're talking about Jordan Poole of the Golden State Warriors and DeAndre Ayton of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, both the Suns and the Warriors failed to make the Western Conference Finals. They had disappointing seasons. Uh, the Suns have fired their coach in Money Williams, Mag- Magic alum. Uh, he will land on his feet. He is a very, very good coach, and I think a lot of the league acknowledges that that was probably not the best decision from the Suns. Um, but, but these are two teams that are championship contenders and have these albatrosses hanging around their neck. You know, whether it was Aiton in the disappointing way that his series went whether it was Poole, who just became a non-factor in the Warriors' loss to the Los Angeles Lakers in their series. A lot of these teams, a lot of these trade rumors that I'm seeing clearly benefit the Warriors and the Suns. They're not to the Magic's benefit. And, and, and it's just a general assumption that the Magic are so desperate to make the playoffs that they will throw everything at getting there. And if there's one thing we know about Jeff Weltman, if there's a criticism that a lot of us have about Jeff Weltman, it's that he's not going to make that all-in move. And there is nothing in Jeff Weltman's history, at least at this juncture, where there is very little pressure that would suggest the Magic would make either of these moves. I'll break them down and explain why I don't think neither Jordan Poole nor DeAndre Ayton make sense for this Magic team uh, coming up in our next segment. But what I want to point out here is exactly that point. Jeff Weltman is known for his patience, to his detriment at times. He is known for his patience. But in this case, flexibility is the key. I mentioned, why can't the Magic go get a Bradley Beal, a Damian Lillard, a CJ McCollum? Why can't they be involved when the next big free agent comes available? And there will be surprises. It is the NBA. And so right now at this stage in the Magic's rebuild, flexibility is more important. Being able to attack quickly when the right guy comes along, comes around. To add to this roster as they're continuing to grow. As they get ready to graduate from the level they're at now to the next level to the next level. Flexibility and nimbleness, financially at least, is the way to go. Our friend Keith Smith of, of Track. Uh, projects the magical of $23 million in cap room. That's obviously not enough to go after a free agent, but it is enough to absorb a lot of salary and free agency. So the Magic can be very big players on the trade market. But the one thing they cannot do is box themselves in. 
If you are bringing in a player who is worth $30 million, whether it's in free agency like with a player like Fred Van Vliet, whether it's in a trade with a player like DeAndre and Jordan Poole, or as I mentioned earlier, CJ McCollum, committing to a $30 million a year player means you are essentially committed to that player. You're committed to the team that you have and believe that is the team that can win you a championship. Obviously, the Magic aren't at that level yet. Obviously, the Magic are just hoping to make the playoffs. And expending key assets to get players who are not clearly an upgrade over what you are sending out, and you might have to send out multiple players. I've seen Warriors fans play around and dream of getting both Markel Fultz and Wendell Carter in a, in a Jordan Poole trade, which the, the answer to that is hell to the no <laughs> from the Magic. That is, if that's your offer, the Magic are hanging up immediately. But the Magic need to be ready to make that move for the right guy. So as we think about this offseason, and you know, we talked about this with Howard Beck last last week, and, and he you know, seemed, uh, uh, with the people that he's spoken to, to, to agree with what I think we all feel sitting here in Orlando, that the Magic are most likely going to kind of play this cool. They're going to look to add some players in free agency, sure. They're going to look to add some players in the draft, but they're not going to overspend on anything. Now, this period of extreme financial flexibility is coming to an end. The Magic have this summer, and and really they have next summer to make a big move. Because Markel Fultz is owed an extension, Jonathan Isaac is owed an extension, and uh, Cole Anthony is owed an extension. Maybe the Magic don't pay all three of those guys. Maybe some guys do get moved beforehand. But the Magic are going to have to have kind of the pieces in place that they're going to use to advance this team further. Now, again, I've made this argument to a lot of people. Um, you don't... Cap room isn't useful for big-time free agents anymore. Uh, those stars align occasionally. I'm not saying they don't. But for a team like Orlando, you're not clearing cap space to go sign a guy. You're creating salary slots to make trades. Um, a lot of people have told me that the Magic should waive Jonathan Isaac. And I'm just like, no. That $17 million salary is a clear good trade ship, especially with the guarantees on Isaac's contract. This is about chess pieces on the board. And so when it comes to thinking about how the Magic get from low to mid-level playoff team to championship contending team in the next two to three years... A lot of that's going to be about the moves they make this summer and the flexibility they maintain. And that's why going after a big-name free agent, going after a high-priced player in a trade does not make sense. The Magic don't need to run it all back. They do need to add players to this team. They need to shore up their depth. I think that is the biggest priority this offseason is shoring up the team's depth. But ultimately what this summer's about is setting their board, kind of setting their cap sheet up for the big move down the road. Set themselves up for a playoff playoff run this year. Un- begin to understand who's actually going to fit in this team when the postseason 
is a realistic thing or is a thing that's going to happen every year. And then beginning to move those pieces around the board or exchanging pieces to make that work. That's what this season's about, and that's why flexibility is really, really important. But because everyone's talking about it, I will break down why Jordan Poole and DeAndre Ayton are not the answers for the Orlando Magic. We'll do that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we got to say a quick word from our friends over at Prize Picks. Every day of the NBA playoffs and finals, one Prize Picks user will win a chance at becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time will be randomly selected each day. Whoever places the, whoever placed that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. Four correct picks gets you 16000 Five correct picks gets you $80,000. And six correct picks gets you that cool million. Full details will be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at that link to be eligible for the million-dollar prize. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. PrizePix is the daily fantasy game done right. There's no there's no complicated salary caps. There's no worrying about what other players in your pool are doing or how big that pool is or how many sharks are swimming in that pool as well. You're not just hoping to make your money back. You're actually winning big dollars. All you have to do is pick two to six players, and if they go on to score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus projections, and that means it's all about your skill and not about the randomness of the of the pool. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. You can even mix and match sports sports between the NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, PGA Championship this weekend, uh, and so many more sports. WNBA's even offered, NASCAR's offered, anything you could think of. Prize picks will probably have a projection for you. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in more than 30 states, including here in Florida, as well as Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, you know, anytime a team loses, surprisingly in the playoffs, the first thing they're going to do is going to ask, how do we make this better? especially when they're teams with championship aspirations, when, when these teams fall short. Whether it's the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, certainly they made the coaching change, the Phoenix Suns, the Golden State Warriors, the LA Clippers, you know, the Timberwolves a little bit, the Grizzlies a little bit, the Hawks. Every time you fall short of a championship, I mean, shoot, we're doing it with the Magic. The Magic had a very successful season. But we are constantly thinking about how do we get better? How do we get to the top of that mountain? And when you are so close and your options are limited, 
you do have to think about what you're going to have to do. And, and sometimes that does mean taking a step back to try and take two steps forward. And so immediately after the Suns lost, after the Warriors lost, you could start to see the, the shark circle. With Phoenix, there's questions about Chris Paul and his long-term uh, long-term stability and his long-term ability uh, to, to be the point guard for that Suns team at a big salary number and still a, a fairly productive player when he's healthy. He is a player that does have a market to him and should be and could be able to get the Suns uh, a, a, a clear player that can help them get better. You have DeAndre Ayton, who's been clearly unhappy with his time in Phoenix, um, especially especially as he slowly kind of fell down the pecking order. He was a no-show, and as good as he was against the Clippers, and I thought he was really good against the Clippers, he was a no-show in the series to the Nuggets. Uh, his effort was called out by national pundits. Um, it it was a bad situation, and, and one of the reasons that Monty Williams may have been fired is his poor communication with the former number one pick uh, in eight. In Golden State, the the Warriors gave Jordan Poole a fresh new extension that kicks in next season. But already, the leader of kind of the young phase of this Warriors franchise, of the next phase of the Warriors franchise, wasn't playing in the fourth quarters of games. Was kind of being left off the team, and very clearly something was off. Something something was 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 not working, and there might be a little bit of buyer's remorse. And so almost immediately, and you can find it anywhere, we wrote about it on Orlando Magic Daily, so I'm not going to pretend to be immune about it. Immune about it. We're talking about it here. You'll find these articles saying four teams that could use Jordan Poole. And inevitably, the Magic's name comes up. Before Poole signed his extension in October, the Magic were already being linked to Poole as a free agent target. So there is at least some professional dot connecting. I'm not willing to say interest. I don't think that's accurate um, because it was just, again, professional dot connecting. We, I'm pretty sure we talked about it on this pod too if you want to go back and listen to my thoughts then. Um, but there is at least a, the same way that there was with the Gary Trent Jr. rumors and the Fred Van Vliet rumors, at least a kernel of truth. Everyone recognizes the Magic have a need for shooting. They have an opening at their starting shooting guard spot. It is, it is a, a concern and, and something people think the Magic will address this offseason. And Jordan Poole would seem to fit that bill. He would give the Magic an instant shooter, some instant offense, a guy who can spread the floor and attack a little bit. There is something to it. I'll say there's more to Poole than there is to Aiton. Uh, and I do think there is something to Aiton too, so I'm going to get to him in a minute. Um, there is something there from a need base and, and all that. But like I said before, the cost is prohibitively high. His starting salary next year is going to be $30 million. The Magic do not have a $30 million a year player yet. Um, their highest paid player is uh, Jonathan Isaac at $17 million a year. And, and obviously that has a lot of cost, you know, that has a lot to it beyond that um, as far as uh, as far as uh, uh, guarantees and restrictions based on his injury. It's not to say that Poole would come here and automatically demand to take a ton of shots, but if you're going to pay $30 million a year for a player, you better be sure he's going to be a major contributor. And look, Poole had a great season last year in helping the Warriors win the championship. He averaged 20 points per game this season in the regular season. So he is a capable scorer. He will put up points. But are the Magic willing to spend what it's going to take to get him? To get to that $30 million number, and we can do the same with DeAndre Ayton when we get to him, 
That's going to cost you probably Jonathan Isaac at $17 million a year. And certainly that would help the Warriors cut some of their salary, their, their tax bill if they decide to cut him. Um, that's going to cost you Wendell Carter and his $13 million a year. That could cost you a Gary Harris and his, what, $13 million, his $13 million a year, his $14 million a year. To get, and again, Orlando can absorb some extra salary once once the calendar flips over. They have $22 million on cap room. So the, the, the way the trade gets constructed, the Warriors, the Warriors are going to expect a starter-level player back, as they should, but that doesn't mean the Magic have to match salaries. So the Magic maybe don't have to give up as much to get him. But it's, again, a huge expense. And all of a sudden, you're now committed to four years of Jordan Poole. If it were two years, maybe it's a different story. Maybe it's maybe even three years, but you're committed to four years of Jordan Poole at that number. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we broke down a little bit about Jordan Poole and, and, and why that doesn't make sense. So what about DeAndre Ayton? Why the hesitancy over DeAndre Ayton then? Uh, to, to some extent, just like Poole, I think Ayton does fill a potential need for the Orlando Magic. I love Wendell Carter. I think Wendell Carter has been really good, has, has played really well, uh, but I have my concerns about Wendell Carter as a playoff fixture, as a guy who's going to contribute at a high level in the postseason. Because you look around the league, and the guys that are successful outside of Nikola Jokic are rim-protecting bigs. Guys who can play above the basket, can be lob threats, and that just isn't Wendell Carter. Now, personally, I think Wendell Carter is so good defensively. Um, He makes up for it with his positioning, but the playoffs are different. And the playoffs are a little different than the regular season, and, and, and there's no doubt about it. And the Magic should be thinking about or beginning to think about how their players are going to react in the postseason. And, you know, sometimes you can jump ahead of that stuff, but for sure as well, you can think a little bit about it. Uh, you, you can certainly think a little bit about it as well um, when it comes to, uh, uh, you, you know, before you get there. But once you get there, you'll know. You know, the playoffs expose every single one of your weaknesses. And so... To that point then, you know, DeAndre Ayton plays above the rim. When he is engaged defensively, he is a very good defender, a very capable switching defender. And he just didn't do it this year for whatever reason. And how much of a red flag is that? I, I think it's a pretty big one. On top of that, Ayton is making $102 million over the next three three years, where Wendell Carter is getting paid $13 million and decreasing. And so the question is... Does that thing that you think you're going to need for the playoffs, that you, you know, if you think Aiden can provide it and Aiden can do it better than Carter, again, my big thing is, unless it's a clear upgrade, 
which I don't think it is in this case, nor do I think it is necessarily in the pool case, although I think pool does give the Magic something that they certainly need. I don't think you go all in on that, if that makes sense. I don't think you push all your chips into the center of the table for all that. And, and that's ultimately what this is. Um, that's ultimately what this is for the Orlando Magic, is pushing all your chips into the center of the table. And the Magic just aren't at a point where they are doing that yet. The Magic just aren't at that juncture in their franchise's development, in their roster development. Now, again, if it's a clear upgrade, if, you know, like Kevin Durant or, you know, you know, one of those all-time players comes on the market and you're in position, and, and the Magic certainly, I think, have the pieces marshaled where they could get involved in some of these trades would be discussed peripherally, but you still kind of need proof of concept that this team is a playoff team, that this team is truly on the rise that we think it's on. To make a move like these, to go after Jordan Poole, to go after DeAndre Ayton, to, to commit that much to really unproven players on such big salaries, salaries that are worth it to the teams that originally signed them at the time they were signed, but perhaps some buyer's remorse now that they haven't quite delivered up to those standards, to put all that down now is to box you in. And, and, and that just gets back to the original point of this podcast. It is not about going after the big fish. Eventually, the Magic will have to do it. Eventually, the Magic are going to have to take a risk. But it is still about making calculated gambles and calculated risks and saying, this move will help us and we will chase after it. But there's still work to do or there's still things to put together or there's still something else this team needs to do to get to that level. And to do this move now precludes us from making that next move. Doing a deal for Jordan Poole or DeAndre Ayton at that salary level, at that length of time, that is a finishing move. I would argue, and, and again, disagree with me here, but I would argue that the all-in trade, the trade that puts you fully committed to your team, fully committed to the group, to the group that you have, that trade is all about finishing the project. The Magic are not finishing the project. They're not anywhere close to done with the project. They need to add some pieces to shore up depth. They need to confirm that what they have is real. And so for now, flexibility, the ability to do anything, the ability to be in these conversations and to say no, is a good thing. And it's how the Magic are going to act this offseason keeping themselves flexible and open to whatever happens and whatever might pop up because it's the NBA, anything can happen. Keeping themselves open to whatever might pop up, but likely standing pat or standing still on that front to, to keep the pieces assembled to wait for the right thing to jump at. In my opinion, Poole, neither Poole nor Aiton are the right thing to jump at because they don't significantly improve this team and they box the Magic in with that group, with that player, for a pretty long time. As Magic fans are 
constantly worried, that clock is already ticking. You got eight years after you draft a player to build a championship team around them uh, before they hit their first big free agency. You got two years down on Franz and one year down on Palo. You ready to commit to a, you ready to commit to a team and be be with them for four years, and then potentially not be able to get out? Maybe that makes sense. Maybe it makes sense just to get in the playoffs and know that you're going to go come up short. But I don't think these are the right guys to invest in. I was going to talk NBA draft today, um, but I'm having some computer issues. You probably noticed a, a little bit of a pause or a little bit of a difference. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you probably noticed interstitial. That's my cover for something happened to my computer. Um, so we will talk NBA draft tomorrow. The NBA draft lottery, obviously, on Tuesday. We'll do a, a fake. We'll do a fake lottery spin uh, on that day. But we'll go through my NBA big board uh, and where I think the magic, uh, who the magic I think should target, uh, and what their needs ultimately are, because that's what the draft comes down to as well. But I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore MD. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of my on the podcast to your podcast enabled listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, find us on Twitter there at O. Magic Daily. Once again, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. If you're one of our everyday listeners, we really appreciate you jumping on board every day to listen to Locked On Magic. Like I said, tomorrow we will talk all about the NBA draft, who the Magic should be targeting, players that I'm kind of out on, and what my big board looks like. We'll get to all that on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.